in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, Joe Biden may not be impressive, uh, but you know what is impressive? A presidential motorcade. Uh, when they are on the move, when they go from uh, point A to point B, or in this case, from the helipad downtown, the Wall Street heliport, and they ride up to um, the Jimmy Fallon Studios, NBC, because Joe's going to be interviewed in a in a safe environment, in a welcoming place. They're going to do everything they can to make Joe look uh, humanoid. Um, they're going to come up here, and I'm actually going to see them in the next couple of minutes. I think they're going to drive by. I see all the cops outside. They got the barricades all set up, and it is an amazing thing to watch a motorcade go by, a presidential motorcade. Uh, it is just the awesome scope and power of the office of the presidency really hits you when you see it. You, know, you see, it's got to be five hundred cars and motorcycles long with special trucks. You have no idea what their function is. Uh, you know, fleets of motorcycles, and then you've got more. Like, it's not an ambulance. It's not a Brinks delivery truck. It's something in between. There's a lot of technology. There's so much, um, there's so much, uh, there's so much there. So it really does, it, it just blew me away. The very first time I saw one was a George H.W. Bush uh, motorcade. I think it was in, it was in 1989. He had become president just a few months earlier. And I'm standing on the corner of 57th Street and Broadway. And I'm like, what is happening? This is cool. It is so cool. One man gets all that stuff. And that's unfortunately what most people want. That's why they get into politics. The power, the status, the prestige, the security, the toys, the trinkets, the planes, the helicopters. That's what they're into. That's what motivates them. As soon as Joe Biden became president, you know what he did? He's wearing a Air Force One hat. He's wearing a jacket that says Commander in Chief. He has another patch that says President. He, it's like he went hog wild at the at the White House gift shop. I couldn't believe it. He just looked like an amateur. He looked like a tourist, but he had won the great prize. So why not put on the little dopey trinkets? They're all like this. I think one of the worst. Bill Clinton has his gifts. He has his talents. He does. He does. Believe me, he's good. I'm pretty good at the Constitution. I'm also good at the, with the young ladies, and um, or not so young. <laughs> he is a talented man, but when he got all that stuff, when he went from governor of Arkansas to president of the United States, Air Force One, <laughs> he just, it was this boyhood dream come true. He couldn't get over the power, the perks, all of it, and he was overwhelmed by it. It's one of the reasons why he hooked up with Monica, I think. You know, I, I deserve some of this, man. I'm the president. Kennedy did it. Come on, it's a club. So, you know who was not at all, at all moved by the trappings of the presidency is Donald Trump. You think about it. Helicopters, planes, a big entourage, fame. He had all that crap. He had all that crap in 1983. It's not why he got into politics. He got into politics to actually do something, and that makes him a total outlier, the exception to the rule. Most of them just want to be somebody. He wanted to do something. And um, 
Hey, look, I got a little bit of sympathy for people who want to get into it for all the perks. I mean, it is one. You heard me. I'm still talking about that. Now, 35 years later, that George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush motorcade. However, I've grown up since. I was only in college then. And then I went to the White House. I actually worked at the White House. I actually flew on Air Force One. And I realized it's really not all it's cracked up to be. It's really not. Some people never get past it, especially the reporters. They just they just thrive on it. The prestige. Oh, I'm so prestigious. I'm standing on the White House lawn. Look at me. I never that never really happened to me. I'm like the only one who's got a really cool job here is the president. <laughs> okay, the rest of us are just kind of uh, extras, extras. So what else do we want to talk about here? Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. That was amazing. Donald Trump schooled her. Um, but the little thing, it's the little things. Trump was on stage with about 250 people. He let at least four people talk. He let the governor speak. He let Lindsey Graham speak. He let some other guy he likes speak. It was it was fantastic. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley was up there all by herself. And there was something kind of lonely and sad about that. Cut seven, please. Cut seven. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I'm not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, they disapp- Everybody disapproves of you. How can she go on? Well, she probably won't. That's one thing you say on Saturday night. But Sunday, Americans for some big pack Americans for prosperity of the industry or prosperity of the economy or prosperity of the people said we are not funding her anymore we can't because she has no uh, chance of winning and um, that's that might mean she's going to have to get out this week you know she tweeted I'm going on to Michigan I'm going on a super Tuesday I go to her Twitter account people are so good they're so funny what they said in response Nikki Haley give up uh, let's see here Nikki Haley said I'm I'm an accountant, and 40% is a lot of people, so I'm not going to let them down. Somebody else says, I'm not an accountant, but so far you've lost 100% of the primaries. (laughs) It just is, let's see here, she is, everything Donald Trump touches turns to chaos. Republicans have lost winnable races in Michigan again and again. Let's make the GOP a winning party again. You can't do that. You don't know how. Right to the comments. Nikki hasn't won a single state, but she's going to lecture Republicans on winnable races. You can't make this stuff up. Um, I'm sorry. Is this the lady who lost to literally no one talking about winning anything? If you have any respect for the United States or the Republican Party at all, you will back down and endorse President Donald Trump for his 2024 run. Stop being uh, stop being a pan of the deep state, Nikki. Follow me if you agree. I sure will, Right Angle News Network. I love it. Stop! You're embarrassing us. <laughs> Stop! You're embarrassing yourself. Nikki Haley is the last person who should accuse others of losing. She's lost every GOP primary so far by a landslide, and she's currently down 57 points in Michigan. The right thing for Haley to do now is to end her campaign and help unify the GOP. But she's having a little bit too much fun. She gets a big bus like she's some sort of rock star, right? Uh, She flies around. uh, They're listening to what she has to say. She's going on talk shows. She's going on cable news. I think it's all the fun stuff of politics. 
It's all that most people go into politics for. She has right now. So she wants to keep going. And she will keep going as long as, I guess, there's enough money. And you know what also comes through with her? Naked, raw ambition. And it's a real turnoff. It's a real turnoff. She never actually makes the case for herself. It's always slamming Trump. And um, that doesn't work over the long haul, right? It doesn't. I want to do one other thing with Nikki. This is Nikki and Liz Cheney. Nikki Haley did. Why, why is there a Nikki Haley right now? Why was there a governor, Nikki Haley? Why was there an ambassador, Nikki Haley? Hillary Clinton. Thanks a lot, Hillary. You're going to hear two voices. The first one is Liz Cheney, despicable woman. This is all the way back in 2012, a dozen years ago. Liz Cheney at that point. What was Liz Cheney? Liz Cheney was the full-time swamp daughter of Vice President Dick Cheney. And yes, you can make a living out of that. She made a very, very, very profitable life. She wasn't even a congresswoman at this point. Just being a deep stater, a graduate of McLean High School, located 200 yards from the Central Intelligence Agency. Cut 19, please. First, you'll hear Liz, then Nikki. If you go into just about any nursery school in America today, probably around the world, you will see that the little girls are running circles around the little boys. Uh, And I say that as a proud mom of both girls and boys. Um, But the girls are running the place. And so I have often wondered what happens. Why is it that women are not yet anyway running the world? And I think part of it is um, risk aversion. Stop for a second. I don't know what nursery school she's talking about. I go to this. I don't know what nursery school she's talking about. Boys and girls are, especially when they're four, five, six, they're all running around like crazy. Nobody knows anything. Nobody just just kind of a weird thing to say. Right. The girls are running the show over the boys. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound natural. And that doesn't sound right. And that doesn't sound accurate, by the way. Um, Does it? There's something very odd about that. And why aren't women running the world? Well, there's a big thing here, uh, Liz. Women leave work to have children, okay? And then they raise those kids. Uh, That's the big difference. And that's important. That's very, very important. You know, they just love to break out the the pay gap, right? There's a pay gap. Oh, men make more than women. I, I noticed this in my own career. You see, I wanted to be a TV news reporter. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I said, I want to be a TV news reporter. And I'll go anywhere in the country I have to go to be a TV news reporter. And I sent resumes all over the country. And I interviewed all over the country. I went to Alabama. I went to Wisconsin. I went to, uh, where was the other one I went to? I went to Oklahoma. And I finally got hired at a place in upstate New York, Binghamton, New York. Now, there was another there was a, another person I knew just out of college who wanted to be a TV news reporter, happened to be a woman. And guess what? She didn't want to leave her home. She didn't want to leave New York. She didn't want to go to Oklahoma or upstate New York or any of these weird places that I was willing to go. That's fine. Uh, She never did become a TV news reporter. Some people can stay in a big city like New York and do that. But my priority was making, uh, learning something and trying to make some money uh, once I learned how to do it. Her priority was that would be nice, but my real priority is my friends and my family. And that's wonderful but that accounts for the pay gap that's that's the that's the essence of it and the fake news and a lot of liberals and a lot of thoughtless people will just go out there and say well no you're only being paid more because you're a man and that's a woman 
No, I was willing to take risks. I was willing to sacrifice relationships to go and learn something. I was willing to work for very little money, $20,000 a year, upstate New York. Nobody, People thought I was crazy. What are you doing? And then carrying my own camera at New York. A lot of people will not do that. And that's fine. Especially women. They don't want to give up their girlfriends. And, uh, you know, they, they, they want to have children. And I love it. I love it. This is to be celebrated, not denigrated. And one of them, I, I would call it a minor consequence that there are, um, that there's a pay gap. You know, women get to have children. Women get to bond with it in a way that I, quite frankly, never can or will, right? I mean, I have a great connection with my children, but it's not like the mommy. It's funny. I went to uh, try to t- get them to go somewhere with me, and everything was great. We're going down the hall until they realized mommy was not with us. They both collapsed on the floor, wailed and cried. <laughs> I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to take you. So I really felt kind of humiliated. I had to go knock on the door, get, get the wife to come out, come with us, please. She really wanted a break. Didn't work out that way. All right, let me hear the Nikki part. Keep going with this thing really jumped me over to say I'm going to do this as I was at the Furman Institute and actually Hillary Clinton was the guest speaker and she was there giving a speech to a few hundred people and she said everybody's going to tell you why you shouldn't do it and that's all the reasons why you should hey you know um that's fine you can be inspired by Hillary Clinton you can be inspired by the oddest most opposite people to you and that that's fine. The problem with this story is she r- says it didn't happen. I never said that. I never, ever said that. And it's another she's, – she thinks the Internet does not exist. Anyway, busted once again, Nikki. What the hell are you really up to? God bless Donald Trump. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, one of the big mysteries in life is, uh, well, not really, but how the hell is it that Bob Costas, that anybody watched him or listened to him do anything? Bob Costas, the sports guy, I remember at a very early age, in the mid-1980s, and everybody was kind of gaga about Bob Costas, and he seemed like the most bland, dreary, I, I just could not understand it. It was all plastic it was all kind of pablumish, in my opinion. Um, what else? He made the bobsled seem boring. The bobsled. How could anybody make the bobsled seem boring? He just, give me Jim McKay and his yellow jacket. That's, now that was an Olympic broadcaster. Why do we bring Bob Costas up? By the way, once I went up to Bob Costas, I did not know it was Bob Costas, but I was in sacks um, picking out ties and shirts, and I asked a guy for help. And uh, turned out it was Bob Costas. <laughs> I guess I thought he worked there. He took such umbrage. Well, I take umbrage at his con- as, as the comments about us, Trump people. Who the hell does this guy think he is? Listen to this. Where was he always this much of a DIC? You know what? Cut ten. 
He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or ethically fit to be president of the United States. What a dick. Excuse me. I didn't mean to say that, but totally right. Just a dickish thing to say. And the way he said it and what he has no idea what he's talking about. Zero. None. I've done this a million times. I have shown how Donald Trump displayed a thousand times more empathy than Joe Biden, than Dr. Fauci, than Barack Obama. When he was he was on the South Lawn, he was actually where was he? Uh, The Rose Garden. And he was warning America, we have to open up the drug addiction, the suicides that will happen with people closed up. We have to get this country open again. We are losing people. And nope, nope, nope. The drum, the deep state would not have it. We must remain locked down. He, unlike everyone else, this is why people can't figure him out. He is he is the essence of what a president should be, a citizen, a citizen first. A person who developed world-class skill in something valuable and then came and applied that skill, learned over a lifetime for the people, to the people. What skill has any other president brought with them to the White House that was world-class? I mean, like, that the globe recognized this is talent. It literally has probably only happened once before, and that was Dwight Eisenhower in terms of his military competence, right? But let's go, I mean, Barack Obama, did we elect him because he was good at anything? What was he good at? Think about what what, what, what was his skill? Community organizing? Getting legislation passed? Is that why we elected him president? No, because of skin color and a story, dreams from my father and all that crap. Go on like that, George W. Bush. What skill? What trait? I'm going to restore honor and integrity to the White House. Does he know about that stuff? They don't have anything. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Does anybody remember the New York Times? Remember we used to read that paper? used to be the paper of record. We all, you know... To be uh, to be in the know, you had to read the Times. Well, it's a disgraceful rag now, we all know, full of fake news. And um, I see that it was probably just as terrible when we thought it was good. Clyde Haberman is one loser in my book. Absolute loser. Has no idea what he's written or what he's said over the years. It's fascinating. Uh, these people put this crap out. They have no accountability. They forget. They just move on. I got this guy in some great big fat lies. I'm going to break it out in a little bit. Maybe, maybe you don't care, whatever. Clyde Haberman, he is retired. But his daughter, Maggie, is now writing for the New York Times, and she's the big superstar. And I think that a lot of her mistakes and a lot of her lies and a lot of her exaggerations and copying and um, getting things wrong probably come from the old man. Probably do. Probably do. All right, I'll get to that in just a little bit. Does anybody remember this beautiful moment? Hey, and I, I keep hearing about Vivek Ramaswamy 
being the number two to Trump, which I think would be great. I really, really do. Um, it would. We'll do, we'll do the veep stakes later, but listen to this. This was a wonderful moment for the history books when Vivek Ramaswamy calls out the, the RNC chief, who I think resigned, right? Is she done now? Rana Romney McDaniel? And the fake news right to their face about Russia collusion. Cut 20. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018. 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. It was so awesome. And what did Kristen Welker do? She just had a great big stupid smile on her face. Busted! Totally and completely busted. But a genuine smile, because it's like, well, what the hell are you guys going to do about it? What are you guys going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Tweet stuff? What are we going to do? Complain about it to whom? I mean, where do you go to get the two years back from the Trump administration, right? It happened. The damage is done. But here's, here's the thing. They're doing it again. That same terrible queen of fake news, Kristen Welker, promoted for issues of gender and identity politics, is now in the big seat on Meet the Press. And it's not really Meet the Press. It's placate the mob. Placate the woke mob. Do whatever it takes to placate the woke mob because they are they are so scared of their audience. So scared. Their audience are a bunch of lefties. And there I am watching yesterday for amusement purposes, but every now and then, I mean, it's like, I need to know this, and so do you. Look at what they're doing all over again. Russia interference. Uh, Cut 21. She's talking to the National Security Advisor, a guy named Jake. Cut 21. Are there concerns or is there even evidence that Russia is planning to interfere in the 2024 election, Jake? All right. I can't speak to evidence today, but I can tell you, of course, there. You cut it wrong, by the way. You got to go get the you got to get the full question, okay? If you don't mind the question, and she says, "Well, we know that there was Russia disinformation in 2016 and Russia disinformation in 2020. So, what about 2024? They're setting it up already. These scoundrels, these awful, awful people. Um, and we can't let that happen, Miranda Devine. And now I know what do we? How do we not let it happen? Good question. Good." freaking question 
Miranda Devine, New York Post, new election year means another Russiagate as Biden Dems try to smear impeachment probe. For the 2016 election, Democrats launched Russiagate 1.0, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax proven groundless by the Mueller investigation. She, she just repeated it right there, though. She just repeated it. For the 2020 election, it was Russiagate 2.0. Biden campaign advisor Anthony Blinken prompted former CIA acting director Mike Morrell to concoct the Dirty 51 letter falsely claiming that Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop was Russia disinformation. That lie justified censorship of the post accurate stories from the laptop of Joe Biden's involvement in his son's international influence peddling schemes. Now that we're heading into 2024 election, we have Russiagate 3.0. Democrats pretend the impeachment inquiry was utterly collapsed because of the curious indictment last week of trusted FBI informant Alexander Smirnov on false statement charges after he allegedly told his FBI handler that Hunter and Joe each had received a $5 million bribe from the Ukrainians. In a frantic effort to keep Smirnov in jail pre-trial, prosecutors for notorious Biden protector David Weiss, the Delaware U.S. attorney, used language ripped straight out of the Russiagate textbook. Smirnov's effort to spread misinformation about a candidate of one of the two major parties continues. Now Smirnov is being used as make-believe vindication of the 51 former intelligence officials who signed the fake laptop letter to help Biden win the 2020 election. Mark Polyamopoulos, a former CIA operations officer who claims to be a victim of the dubious Havana syndrome, pounced on the Smirnov story. It validates exactly what we were warning about, he told NBC News. The Russians were going to push this narrative of Hunter Biden and corruption to hurt Joe Biden. See, all of our concerns about that, it's all Russia disinformation. Here it goes again. And why wouldn't they? They got away with it in 2016. They got away with it in 2020. Just because I pointed it out and some brave souls over on Fox News pointed it out. And most of them kept their mouths shut, by the way. Thanks for nothing, Fox News. You guys really do suck. Now, Hunter's laptop from hell was not Russian disinformation. It still isn't. The FBI has had it in its possession since December of 2019 and has authenticated it as real and valid for use in court. In court! The Dirty 51 are grasping at straws to try to justify their interference in the 2020 election. It wasn't the Russians. It was Trump-deranged former CIA management who felt any means justified the ends if they could stop Trump winning a second term. But now... As the laptop is augmented by whistleblower receipts and witness testimony, and as House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer unravels the complex web of corrupt foreign payments to the Biden family, the president's Praetorian Guard is desperate. They are drowning in evidence of corruption while blurbing, There is no evidence! Russia is all they have. The joke is on Biden's media handmaiden still pushing Joe Biden's absurd lies. No, the laptop is not a Russian plant, as he claimed. And yes, Joe did talk to Hunter about his overseas business dealings. Heck, he did a lot more than talk. He made himself available for breakfast, lunches, dinners, coffees, and pleasant chit-chat on the speakerphone with Hunter's foreign benefactors, all to oil the wheels of the family business, which was selling access to him, as he well knew. 
Look after my boy, he told Kremlin-backed oligarch Elena Baterina and her husband Yuri Luzkov, the corrupt former mayor of Moscow, when Hunter activated the speakerphone at a Russian restaurant in Brooklyn called Romanov on May 4th, 2014. They sure did. Just three months earlier, Baterina had wired three point five million dollars to Rosemont Seneca Thornton LLC, the firm co-founded by Hunter, his best friend in business, Devin Archer, Jer- John Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, and Jimmy Bulger, nephew of mobster Whitey Bulger. <laughs> the latest campaign chapter of Joe's speakerphone diplomacy on behalf of Hunter's finances comes courtesy of Jason Galanis, a former business partner of the first son who was serving 14 years in jail for his part in the $60 million Berman securities fraud. Archer and two other Burnham executives were convicted over the scheme. Hunter was vice president of the company, but was deemed by prosecutors in the Southern District of New York to have had no involvement in the fraud. And Archer was not asked one question about him. Galanis, who testified to Comer's committee from an Alabama jail on Friday, says he offered to provide the prosecutors evidence of Hunter and Archer's alleged involvement. The offer was rejected by the prosecutors. Their strategy was intended to protect Hunter Biden and ultimately Vice President Biden, he said. Galanis recalls being stunned when Hunter put his dad on speakerphone with the Russians. Hunter called his father, said hello, and hold on, pops, then put the call on speakerphone and said, I am here with our friends. I told you we're coming to town and we wanted to say hello. It was clear to me that this was a prearranged call with his father meant to impress the Russian investors that Hunter had access to his father and all the power and prestige of his position. The call to Joe was part of a well-established pattern in the Biden family business, as testified to by Archer and by Tony Bobolinsky. The then-VP was not just the brand his son and brother sold, but the in-person deal closer held out to foreign partners as a potential board member and potential equity owner. Galanis testified that in August of 2014, Hunter angled for a post-vice presidency board seat for his dad on the Burham Joint Venture with Harvest Fund Management, a $300 billion Chinese financial services company. His claims need to be tested, but Democrats sneering at Republicans for taking testimony from a convicted felon ignores the fact that Hunter associated with a lot of shady characters. Galanis alleges he is the victim of a pattern of retribution by the DOJ. After he submitted information implicating Hunter in December of 2020, after which he was sexually assaulted by prison staff in Pensacola, Florida. What? Okay. Which brings us to Smirnov, 43 years old, the Ukrainian-born, Russian-speaking, Israeli-American dual national who has spent almost half his life in the U.S. and has been one of the FBI's highest-paid informants for the past 14 years. So determined is the federal government to keep him in jail. After he was released by one judge in Nevada, prosecutors convinced another judge that he was a fight risk and had him arrested at his lawyer's office. He is due in court Monday in Los Angeles. I hope that's today, not next Monday. So the facts may become clearer, but there are key discrepancies between the indictment and what Smirnov told his FBI handler in 2020, as recorded in the infamous Form 1023 that Senator Grassley released last year. You know about this, right? 
This is the guy who said that he heard that Joe Biden and Hunter each received $5 million uh, from oligarchs in Ukraine, I believe associated with Burisma. Now, the FBI knows that on Form 1023s, all kinds of information comes, right? They bent over backwards saying, this is unverified information. This is unverified information. And all this information, some of it is coming to us from crooks and terrorists and mobsters. Okay, fine. You, you, you said that as justification as to why we can't have the name. Now that we have the name, you're quibbling about what he said. You're doing exactly what FBI policy says you're not allowed to do. You outed the guy for one. And then you bend over backwards trying to say, this alleged bribe happened in 2017, not 2015 or 16 like he said, because he did not travel to meet Associate 2 until 2017. And therefore, Joe Biden was no longer vice president. Ergo, he was unbribable. Huh? They say because this guy said, in the 1023, Smirnoff says, Joe Biden received a bribe in 2015 or 2016. Now, they say it's impossible for him to have heard that information until 2017. Therefore, it can't be true because Joe Biden was no longer vice president after January 20th of 2017. Uh, What if he was, first of all, I can blow that sky high. People get years confused all the time, especially if we're talking eight or nine years ago. Right. And the other thing is, um, well, let's pretend that he did not get paid till 2017 and Joe Biden is an ex-vice president. They can still get things done for people. Right. Ex-vice presidents. Very few of them around. I I said that last week. And uh, maybe just maybe he was paid for services already rendered. That's how it works for most people. You don't get paid before the work is done. You get paid after the work is done. Right. Most working people. You do two weeks, and then you get a paycheck. Your first day at the job, they don't give you money, right? So it was awkward for Joe to take the money when he was vice president. Anyway, the guy is dirty as hell, and so is the FBI. You guys, you did this to yourselves. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. More in the next hour about that poor student at the University of Georgia murdered by an illegal alien who came by New York City and was hooked up with all kinds of free stuff. All kinds of free stuff. Yeah, right. And um, he took everything he could get and then uh, went down there to Georgia and killed a woman, it looks like. That's the allegation. The evidence said to be overwhelming. No, I mean, um, I don't know. Is the government of New York City uh, complicit or kind of a co-conspirator in that? When you facilitate this overt criminality, I think there's culpability. Roseanne, you're in Staten Island. Hello. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to say a couple of things. I want to say a lot, but I don't, don't have time. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the way it works. Sorry, you can get a podcast. <laughs> Roseanne, I mean, uh, don't start yeah, with just, the frustration. Just tell me what you got. All right. I was at the rally with Trump on January 6th. I went down by bus with the it was a chartered bus and I went to hear him speak at the Washington Monument. 
After that, my bus had moved, so I had to find out where my bus went. I never made it to the Capitol. I curiously looked myself up on Truthfinder, just curious to see what it had to say about me. And they have me on the government watch list. And I never even went to the Capitol. All right, now hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Now, you looked yourself up on Truthfinder, but did you have any indication that, you know, you were on some sort of list before you no, looked I, it up. I just curiously wanted to look myself up. All right. When you look, but the thing is, be careful about that truth finder stuff because I don't know what the list is. You know, I mean, what they want you to do, what they want these, uh, these firms, you sign up, you Google yourself, you search yourself, and it says, you know, oh, we have this, uh, you were arrested and you have this information and that information. So what's the next step? Right. You sign you sign up. Did you already sign up for Truthfinder? Did you pay him 30 bucks? No, no. So you got the free part and you didn't see much and they want you to buy. They want you to buy more access. Right. Yeah, they, I, didn't yeah I know that this is a trick that they use to get you to sign up for more stuff. Now, having said that, it is quite possible because you were in the capital region on January 6th and uh, uh, the credit card companies, I think, turned over just trillions of gigabytes of information on american citizens who were there on january 6th both living there and coming to and from you very you may very well be on a list of some kind um so that's not good but i think what happened to you is a little bit of trickery uh by the truth finder people and those websites okay right. the other thing i wanted to say was <laughs> in the summer of last year i was watching tv and my TV goes black, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I have to buy a new TV now. And the next minute... You've got I a real, uh, you know, glasses, half-empty view of the world. Uh, I didn't finish what I was saying. I know, but the TV went... How, how, many, how long ago did this happen? Just And then, then you can continue, but how long ago did this happen? It was in the summer, of last summer. All right, then what happened? My TV was in China. President Xi was in the uh, on a platform uh, waving to the army marching in the street. Wait, it goes black it and then like, wait, it goes black and then the next image you see was uh, President Xi of China. Yes. Now, could, to, is it, to the army in the is it possible that you know uh, you just changed the channel to CNN? No, no, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, damn! I got to get a new TV," and I, and that's what I was thinking of when this thing came on. So it was a hack. I think Verizon, whom I have, got hacked, or I don't know. Uh, and then what happened? That was it. As long, it lasted about a minute. Your TV still works? It went back on. Your TV still works? Yes. I, look, I have cable. I got all kinds of crazy channels. You know, I got the Robin Bird. I've got uh, I got something from uh, 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 Afghanistan. I got all kinds of stuff. Doesn't sound to me like uh, President Xi was uh, monitoring you or something like that, but you never know. Look, Gordon Chang has told me World War III has already started and there's a lot of sabotage going on, so you may be right.